Welcome back to another episode of Caps Off by the Game Day Fantasy Week 9 Recaps episode. Dude, what a time to be alive, man. It's Week 9. A, it's so we good. made it. It's just amazing. Yeah, know? it just is, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like unreal. We're like halfway through the season, dude. It's weird. I Isn't hate that crazy? It. I feel like it just fucking started. I now hate we're it. halfway through the season. We were just you were just ripping like a million mock drafts a day. Like feels like a week ago, like a couple weeks ago, but it was actually ten weeks ago. I'm also curious. We have one person on YouTube watching. Hell so yeah! Shout out that one person. Whoever is that person on YouTube? Actually, now that I realize it, it's me watching it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. So three watching now. So oh, it's uh, going up. It's going up. So as it gets started, as people come in, I'm curious to know what people think. We are, uh, if you are just listening to it on the audio portion, we are trying something new on Cavs Off. We are trying to do this through the nine by sixteen route. We're doing it a landscape. So if you're watching on your phone or watching on TikTok, hopefully it looks a little bit better. So we're trying something new today. If you hate it, let us know. If you prefer it, let us know as well. Let if, us know anyways. Just let us know. Yeah, anyways. Bingo. How was your uh, week nine in fantasy? Well, How'd it go? It was, it was tough. I, I had like a 17-point lead, I think, going into Monday Night Football, something Oof. like that. And I was playing Keenan Allen and the Jets defense. Mm. I ended up losing by six. So. Yeah. It's not great, but I, w- I was five and three, so now I'm five and four. I'm so confident in the rest of the season. I'm in seventh place right now. So I slipped from like, what, like five to seven. I'll be all right. It's so weird. Uh, we, we've said this week over week that most leagues that people are in, you're going to have someone that's, well, I got to do the math right now. You're going to either maybe six and three, uh-huh. five and four, yeah, four and five, or three and six. Like everyone is within a couple games. Right. And I think it's, it's more important now than ever to like really pay attention. I also think you have a couple weeks left until the buy, uh, excuse me, until the trade deadline. So making sure that you can make trades now is yeah. important, especially as um, a lot of people are on their buy this week. There are a lot of good teams on their buy. So mm. being able to make a trade for one of those players might be in your best interest. Um, Bro, I you know, one thing I didn't mention about this past week, I ran into CJ Stroud. Like you, you ran into him in person? No, like I person? played him. Yeah, that sucks. Which, 41 fantasy points. Yeah, bro. Like I'm looking at, yeah, 41 fantasy points. If he goes out and does a regular performance, goes for 20, I win. Dude, I went into like, this fuck, week. Bro, I needed really? a win. I was 4-4, four and four, and I went into – I got fucked by Christian Watson. Um, I got fucked by Keontae Ingram because Damian Pierce was out, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of people on by in one of these leagues. Don't worry, it's the shameless plug. I'm 8-1 in, in two, two of my leagues. Yeah, you're That's a dog, saying, bro. I'm, I'm Shout I'm out different. the advice you give. Um, and I went into Monday Night Football with – Austin Eckler going up against me, and I needed him to have anything, nine or less. And yeah. if you look at the box score, if you look at Justin Herbert's numbers, you would have thought, all right, he maybe didn't have a good enough game. Obviously, he had two touchdowns on the ground, but that yeah. fucked me. So we're, we're in a tough spot right now. So what um, did Eckler end up with? I think he had like 15 or 16, because he had two That's, touchdowns, but didn't do anything else, really. Yeah, I mean, he's he a was, touchdown he was, machine, man. Yeah. Right? Um, he's so low to the ground, it's like... Once he gets in the goal line carriage, you're not stopping him. Shout out to 15 people watching on TikTok, the Hell seven on yeah. YouTube. Hell yeah. um, if you like this new angle, let us know. Let us know in the comments. We're trying something out differently this time around. We won't have lower thirds. We won't have anything, but uh, let us know. And we got we do have some comments coming coming in. Nicolo said, "Can we say that the Bengals are a top three team in the AFC and a top five team in the league?" Well, if you saw yeah. our episode yesterday, um, we did talk about the Bengals. Um, this Thanks. is a fantasy-specific episode, so we're going to be talking about fantasy only. So make sure to tune into our podcast if you want to hear that. If you're just coming in through the live, we do an actual podcast that you can go in and listen to on Spotify or Apple or go watch it on YouTube. So go listen to that because we talk about regular football shit. 
Um, Matt said, can anyone confirm that Devontae Adams for Puka Nakua and Zach Moss is a decent trade? I would probably prefer the Devontae Adams side. I think you probably would as well. Yeah, but I think it's fair. I wouldn't want Zach Moss. I think, and we're going to talk about Jonathan Taylor. He had a good week um, in terms of usage. He scored a touchdown, but um, we're definitely going to talk about Jonathan Taylor. Zach Moss is not really someone you can really play right now. He's now just a handcuff insurance to Jonathan Taylor. I think I prefer Devontae Adams just because the ceiling feels a lot higher. And with Matthew Stafford out, it's not someone I can trust. Um, That's true. What else? BZ Boy said, should I drop uh, Chuba Hubbard for Khalil Herbert? I wouldn't. I think the Chicago backfield is a little murky right now. Mm, murky. Would rather have Chuba Hubbard, even though he hasn't played well. But uh, let's jump into our fantasy recaps. Let's jump Hell into yeah. talking about um, what happened in week nine. If you have any questions in fantasy, keep dropping them down below. Producer Kondo over there will put them on our screen, so we will answer them. But I want to start off week nine's fantasy recaps with a game. I like playing games. Games have done well on TikTok as of recently. So I'm going to ask you another question. Oh, so question this is on. guess these fantasy players. All right, I want you to... I'm going to... Tony Pollard. You nailed it. Name one more. Uh, uh, Xavier Howard. Yep, nailed that one. IDP. All right, guess these <laughs> fantasy players. I'll give you two sets of points, and I want you to tell me who you think these fantasy players are. All, All right. right? So I'm just going to name the points, and you're going to tell me who they are. Right. Also, if you want to see the full episode, make sure to go to our YouTube page. The link is in our bio. You can see the full fantasy conversation. The other thing I want to add before we jump into it, everyone thought you were a fucking idiot because you didn't know Sam Howell in the top five. Everyone fuck off, all right? Did they really? Yeah, wow, people were like, so how's this guy on a fantasy episode? He's a fantasy fucking dog. That's why. Hey. You're my boy, bro. I do have a winning record. Thank you. Let's Appreciate go. That. All right. Guess these fantasy players, all right? The first player has 73.5 fantasy points over the last four weeks. The second player has 72.1 fantasy points over the last four weeks. So, obviously, this is a vague question. I want you to just, anything that comes to mind, obviously, it's not really that included? much. Um, quarterbacks are included. And then obviously, because you're not going to get it, I realize I set you up to fail. I will tell you the position. But I want you, does anyone come to mind off of these two players? 73.5 fantasy points, 72.1 fantasy points. These are two sets of players uh, with their total output in PPR over the last four weeks. Two different players. Two different players. Two sets of players. Two threw me sets off. of players, yep. Two individual players okay. from the same set. Okay, because two sets, I would think four players maybe. All right, got you, got you, got you. Okay. Um, Guess these fantasy players. Anyone come to mind? Probably not. Tangdell. No. I'm going to give you the position. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Okay. Um, All right, give me the position. The position is tight end. So these two players come from the tight end. Dalton Kincaid. It is not Dalton Kincaid. Trey McBride. It is not Trey McBride. You got to be fucking shitting me. So these two players, Jake Ferguson, not Jake Ferguson. Shout out the Cowboys. Oh, shout out Texas. Shout out Denton. Um, <laughs> these are two players that have put up between 70 and 75 fantasy points over the last four weeks in PPR. Oh, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is not there. The fuck? Well, he, he could have more or less. The, I'm just giving you two people. I'm comparing one versus the other. Do you want me to just tell you? Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one of them. How about that? The person with 72.1 fantasy points, Taysom Hill. Interesting. Over the last four weeks. Can you wow. guess? Now, can you guess this other person? Where does this rank? Is this like high? <laughs> I, I thought I was guessing like some like high fucking scores or some shit. I'm thinking about the top tight end. So this is tight end one and tight end two. Oh, okay. That, that helps. Okay. So Taysom Hill is tight end two That's since insane. week six in full PPR for the record. Now he's, it's because he's throwing touchdowns and he's a cheat code, but Absolutely. so Taysom Hill is tight end two. Can you guess who's tight end one? 
Mark Andrews. No. We're just going to move on. I'm going to tell you, okay? Can you give me an extra hint? Um, don't overthink it. Division. Don't Travis overthink Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has 73.5 fantasy points since week six. Taysom Hill has 72.1 That's crazy. fantasy points since week six. That is the tight end one and tight end two on the year. Now, Kelsey wasn't... Kelsey's not a hot take. No, Obviously, and Kelsey had a bad two week last two weeks, but he had amazing week seven. Yeah. But Taysom Hill. Impressive. Insane. Yeah. I mean, it's not fair either to compare him with other tight ends. He's getting he's getting carries. He's getting fucking direct snaps and shit running into the end zone. Mm. He's throwing passes. So, but hey, good for him. If you're able to start him as a tight end, that's it's fucking crazy. Lit. Yeah. I think he's definitely someone, if he's available on the waiver wire, you must add him. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Let's move into Baltimore's backfield. I want to talk about what's been going on in Baltimore. Obviously, Gus Edwards had two touchdowns. Um, and then rookie Keaton Mitchell mm. had an amazing day. Nine rushes, mm. 130, or nine attempts, 138 rushing yards. He was RB5 on the week. What are your <laughs> thoughts on Keaton Mitchell? Well, I like him. Uh, the fact that Gus Edwards had two touchdowns, I mean, like, it's just a weird backfield, and they've always had weird backfields aside when their main guy gets hurt. Even when they have a main guy, it's always mm. weird. They always have multiple guys in rotation. So I think this is a situation where, yeah, Mitchell just had a good week, but he could next week he could have six points. Yeah, you know, and not do anything. We saw that last year with uh, Kenyon Drake. Yep, I was just and, gonna say, and other guys like that. They just they kind of rotate, and like they have a different offensive coordinator this year. Shout out Munkin, Todd, Te- Munkin, Todd yep. Munkin. Yep, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Shout out. They. They're winning these games, and it's not in the prettiest offensive ways where, like, these guys are going off, certain guys are going crazy. They spread out the ball, and they do it very well. So even Lamar Jackson, I mean, they put up, like, 30 points this week. He only scored nine fantasy points. And so, uh, look, I like Keaton Mitchell. Definitely worth a roster spot at this point, but I don't know if you even start him next week. But guess Edwards, I think it's a different story because he has those goal goal line rushes. I might start him as my flex because I know he's going to get the goal line work. Yeah, just answering a few comments. I see a lot of people uh, asking away. Someone said, thanks for suggesting Tony Pollard for Gus Edwards this weekend with his double touchdowns. Bro, I will start Tony Pollard over Gus Edwards any day of the week. I, I can't, even though Gus Edwards had the two touchdowns, there's no way I couldn't have done that. Um, keep dropping those questions. We see him. In terms of Keaton Mitchell, yeah, I think he's someone that you add to see what ends up happening in that backfield. He's by far the home run hitter that they – don't have yeah. in that backfield. He's a better, you know, more burst, home run threat, mm. more than Justice Hill, definitely more than Gus Edwards. Yeah. For me, Gus Edwards is not a, th- a receiving threat at all. So his value is tied to close games and really blowouts totally. and inside the goal line. Right. So I'm still trying to trade Gus Edwards. I think he's still on that sell high list. In yeah. terms of Keaton Mitchell, like the, the home run ability is why you need to add him. He, to me, and given the way the fantasy running back landscape has been, Keaton Mitchell is like somewhat of a priority add just mm-hmm. to see yeah. But it's not someone you could start right away. You're right. going to have to have a lot of patience with Keaton. I think you made a good point on that one. Um, someone said, Common Cole said, could Keaton Mitchell be like A-Chan? Yeah, I think he's like a, a Walmart version of, of A-Chan. And the reason yeah. I say that, the only reason I say that is because they, obviously A-Chan, they drafted from Texas A&M. A lot different, you know, a lot of different variables at play. Mm-hmm. But in terms of home run threat, I think it's, it's very similar. Good offense, yeah. good quarterback, all these things. He's going to be put in positions to succeed. So I think it's a good question, though. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I see what you're saying in terms of home run threat, but I just think even still they're not necessarily comparable because of the efficiency that HN has. It's it's fucking insane. It's like next level, and he's I mean he's the home run threat of all home run threats right now in the NFL. I know he's been played in, in the past few weeks. I, I see what you're saying. You yeah. say he's gonna make the most of his usage. 
So yeah, it's sort of a comparison, but Achan is on another level. Um, Aiden Kemp just asked um, about Bijan. He said, "What do I do with Bijan Robinson?" I think we're gonna get in in a little bit later uh, to our panic meter. We did it last week, and we're gonna talk about him. Um, so I want to save that Bijan conversation for a little bit later. But I will say Bijan Robinson is pretty high on that on that on that meter. I, mm. That definitely worries me a lot. Do we have any comments on YouTube before we keep jumping in? I know there's 59 people watching on YouTube. Shout out oh, everyone yeah. on YouTube. Um, let's find Josh Pilecki, our guy, Josh Pilecki, big win this week by 40, even with Bijan and Kamala's mid performances. Absolutely. You love to see it. Um, let's find, if we find any questions, make sure to let us know. We'll put them up on screen and we'll answer them. But if not, we will move into the next segment that we're talking about. Um, which is the guy that I feel like I've been pounding the drum. And before we move into it, let me just shameless plug myself on Keaton Mitchell because your boy called Keaton Mitchell a couple weeks ago mm. as someone that you could potentially add when they were in London. It obviously, it took a little time, but... Shout out Upper Hand, too. Shout out Upper Hand. he talked about that one. Yeah, well, we're going to have Upper Hand Fantasy on Thursday's uh, episode. Yeah. Um, do we have a comment there? Did you find a comment? Still scrolling, still scrolling. All right, well, I want to talk about Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones officially has life. We've been saying it. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Like, yeah. Aaron Jones is a really good buy low person because... I think his value was tied to like RB3 flex conversation yes. and we knew he was going to be able to return eventually. If he was healthy, he's too talented to return. What did you make of Aaron Jones' performance? He had his first touchdown since week one, 24 touches for 99 total yards, 57% of the snaps. What do you think? We've been talking about it. It's coming for Aaron Jones. We, we've seen it with the usage. Like when he gets the usage, the numbers are there and he's always been that. I mean, he's like king efficiency and he's always been that. He's always been, he's always outperformed his draft stock. He's always... He, Aaron Jones is, and and has been for the past few years, either a low in RB1 or RB2. And like you said, yeah, I think he's been in that RB3 flex range for a lot of people. But I think safely, like, it's, it's great to see that performance, and I think it's something you can expect going forward. We said it. Be on the lookout for that. And now we just saw it, and I think it's going to continue going forward. Totally. Shout out to 60-plus people on TikTok, the 72-plus people on YouTube. You guys are amazing. If you're just scrolling through and you're just coming across this, this is the Caps Off podcast with me, Felipe, our two other best friends. We talk football all the time. We have a ton of episodes. We do two fantasy episodes a week. We're talking shit. We're shooting the shit. So make sure to hit that subscribe button if you want to see us, if you've just been scrolling. If not, stick around. We'll maybe answer some fantasy questions for you. Um, but yeah, I think Aaron Jones, like, look, this is who we thought Aaron Jones was, right? Like, yeah. if he's healthy, this is who he is. The way I kind of see Aaron Jones right now, if he's healthy, which it looks like he is, he's a high-end RB2. I don't think he'll get into the RB1 category unless, like, this kind of stays consistent in terms of like 24 touches that's somewhat around that rb1 usage that low end rb1 yeah um but as of right now if you're an aaron jones owner you've got to be ecstatic the way the running back position has been absolutely and hopefully you listen to the podcast because we've been saying for weeks now to buy him low yep um shout out alex graciana he just asked hey adam can i trust justin herbert the rest of the season what do you think quickly on justin herbert uh yeah i mean yeah in terms of like where you got him he's probably better than most options you have on the waiver or anything like that. And, like, I think you just bank on his potential. A lot of times in fantasy, you want these high ceilings, and Justin Herbert gives you this high ceiling. He still has weapons around him. Uh, and so, yeah, I think he's one of those guys that you can't really bench. Well, I don't know if it was last week or the week before where we had Frank Amarante on, and he had put Justin Herbert in the sell-high category just mm -hmm. based off of talent. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be fine, but I would limit expectations. The whole QB landscape is also very weird. It's a weird strange. year it's in strange. fantasy. Uh, quickly, BZ Boy said, Tony Pollard for Aaron Jones. Would you do that trade? No. I would, I'm holding on Tony Pollard. It's really tough. That's a really tough one. Like, it's kind of a wash because it's like running back for a running back. They're kind of similar in terms of what they're getting you right now. 
So I, I probably would just sit tight. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and then another question I want to talk about is, um, shout out Felix on YouTube said, I almost lost because of Trey McBride, but good looking out, guys. Look, Kyler Murray's going to be back. It was Clayton Toon. Yeah. Hold the line with Trey McBride. He's going to be yeah. completely fine. Keep, keep in mind, too, they obviously lost Josh Dobbs from one week to the other. And Josh Dobbs was top three in targeting tight ends, I believe, for quarterbacks in the league right now. And so going to a guy that's never played a snap, I don't mm. think, Clayton Toon. Like, it's going to be an adjustment. I'm sorry about that, though. I did. Trey McBride got a catch, like, the second play of the game, I think, or something like that for Arizona. And I was like, wow, he's going to go off this game. He didn't, but hey. More good things to come. Uh, Cody Angle on you TikTok again. We're gonna we're going through our fantasy week nine recaps. Um, there's a ton of things to recap, things that happened, but there are a ton of questions coming in. So I want to make sure we get to them. Keep dropping your comments on YouTube if you are just on YouTube right now and you're scrolling. Welcome to the Cast Off Podcast. Welcome. Hit that subscribe button. Hell we're talking yeah. fantasy. We're talking football. And if you're on TikTok, hopefully you're a friend of the pod. But Cody Angle said, "Should I trade Kelsey? I'm three and six. I think yeah. you have to. Yeah. If you're three and six. Yeah, you got to get value in, in multiple positions. I, what I'm assuming is that like. Obviously, Kelsey gives you a great positional advantage there, but mm. aside from that, you probably don't you probably need help. Totally. And so, yeah, man, try to. There's there's some tight ends that are kind of fluttering around, like in that top ten, uh, anywhere from like five to ten that don't have great name value, but they're there. I would try to get one of those guys that you know is going to give you a solid floor. I mean, we talked about like Dalton Schultz earlier, like I'm, I threw out his name, guys like that who are still going to give you production. Totally. And then get bigger names at receiver and running back. If Taysom Hill's on your waiver wire as well, he's someone to add yeah. and try and trade. I think if you trade Kelsey, you're looking for two pieces back or three Absolutely. pieces back. Yeah. I don't even know if you need a tight end necessarily to get back. Obviously, it would be the preference yeah. to either get a running back and a tight end or wide receiver and a tight end. But I don't think you necessarily need them. Um, let's move into talking about Jonathan Taylor quickly. Jonathan Taylor, he only had 47 rushing yards at 2.6 yards per carry, but... He had five receptions for 22 receiving yards and a touchdown, which salvaged his day. However, mm. what I want to talk about is his usage. The usage was indicative of a guy who was like a massive RB1. I mean, he ran 40, he had 45 snaps, ran 21 routes, 72% of the backfields carries. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's stock is through the roof right now. I think mm. it is just on the upward trend. What do you make of Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, you love volume for running backs, and you didn't perform, like you said. I mean, 2.6 yards per carry, but... The volume, the the percentage of, of the carries and, and the routes and whatever, like, I've, he's on the field, and he's going to make the most of, uh, of of his usage, obviously. Now, he did this past week, but that's going to – positive regression. Positive regression. And uh, the Colts played the Panthers this past week, right? Am I yep, wrong? Yep. yep. Should have played better there. Uh, but I think they're going to have some better spots going forward. And Jonathan Taylor's a guy that's, like, obviously must start. If you have him, like, set and forget. You're not worried about him. And so, yeah, you're, you're, you're happy. Totally. I see all the questions on both YouTube and TikTok. Keep dropping them. Stick around. We are going to get to them. I promise you. I just want to run through our little bit of run of show. Yeah. Um, and before we jump into our panic meter and then answering questions, I want us to take stock of the Texans right now. CJ Stroud, QB1 on the week. He's been QB9 since week six. He had 41.8 fantasy points. You said you lost your week because of him. Yeah. Tank Dell was wide receiver one. This yeah. past week with 29.6 fantasy points, Nico Collins was wide receiver 13 with 14.4. Dalton, Dalton Schultz? Schultz was tight end one with 27 fantasy points. But the upside, Devin Singletary stock down. Didn't have a good game. Didn't, ha didn't really do anything. So Damian Pierce, if you're a Damian Pierce owner, there might be life. Because what do we say? What have we been saying on this episode, on all of our fantasy episodes? If an offense is playing well and the player is playing well, yeah, I'm, I'm worried. But if the offense is playing well and the, and the player isn't really doing anything a part of it, something might change, right? So I think naturally things were changing way back when with Damian Pierce. He wasn't playing well. He wasn't converting. Offense looks great. 
maybe Damian Pierce comes back and healthy this week and, and actually does something. But you you have a weird face on, and you think I'm stupid. Is that what's going on? <laughs> How can you what? tell? How can you? Because you were not making a face. Well, the logic there. I, they won. They won with with Singletary doing his thing. If they would have lost, then I would agree with you. Yeah, I think that's. You know what, man? The logic is there somehow. Okay, thank you. Um, I want to move into, before we get to all these questions, talking about uh, Panic Meter. This is our week nine fantasy Panic Meter. If you want to see the full oh, argument, yeah. make sure to go to our YouTube page and hit that subscribe button. But um, I'm going to read off a bunch of players, and you and I are going to talk through, on a scale of one to ten, how much we're panicking on this player, okay? Yeah. Right. So let's start off with Kenneth Walker. He had 17 total yards, a season low, 2.7 fantasy points. The second week in a row, he scored double digits. Or on a scale of one to ten, how much are you panicking on Kenneth Walker? Like three. I'm not panicking. Oh. I'm not. Mm. I'm not worried at all. They 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 got destroyed by the Ravens. It wasn't the game script for him. And yeah, he's a game script dependent guy because he's not a receiving back or anything like that. Not good at pass protection. Very bad. But the Seahawks are a good team and they're better than most teams in the league. So most of their games going forward, aside from the games against like a San Francisco or other other teams like that, like it's. They're going to be okay. He's going to get the ball more, and he's going to make the most of that. He's a home run threat. I'm not worried about uh, I'm not worried about him in particular or even Charbonnet. I think that they're both going to be all right. They're going to they're gonna have better games than what they just saw against the Baltimore. Agree with you on everything, except I would probably put it closer to a four, only because Pete Carroll's been talking up Zach Charbonnet like crazy. That's so true. naturally, it is going to be closer to a split. Kenneth Walker's probably in that buy low category right I, now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just think that... Even with a split, like this past game, what we saw, these lack of numbers and everything, was the matchup. They got totally. fucking destroyed. They're not, that's not going to happen most games. Um, let's move into the next one. Bijan Robinson, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much are you panicking? Yeah, like fucking... Bro, this like, is... Like, like a 6 or a 7. Like, yeah. I've been saying he's things are going to get right with him. Like Things are going to go up. Because I just figured that this is just a rookie thing, and Arthur Smith is just getting him more involved as the weeks go by. But like, what the fuck? In <laughs> a game that this? you lose, a game that you that you're like you actually lose, and and like I get it because a lot of those games they were winning, yeah, and they were okay getting by with not giving him that type of usage. I totally disagree. But now they There's just no, lost. It makes no fucking sense. Now they just lost. Bijan Robinson, five point nine fantasy points. He's had one goal line carry this year inside the five. The last time he had fifteen plus carries was in week two. He began the season with at least four receptions in five of his first six games, but in the last three games, he has only two receptions. He's RB18 or worse in six of the last seven games. I mean, look, if Arthur Smith is the head coach right now, he is nothing more than a flex, which is fucking absurd. Because Bijan Robinson is a guy that is RB1 territory, right? Like when Saquon got drafted to the Giants, we thought Bijan was going to have this type of usage. It makes absolutely no sense. I'm saying Bijan Robinson is probably an eight on the panic meter, as long as Arthur Smith is the head coach, because it's not like Arthur Smith is changing his tune. It's not like he's saying anything differently. He keeps saying the same thing over and over again. I'm going to feed the hot hand. And frankly, you kept feeding Tyler Algier, and he had a less yards per carry. So it makes absolutely no sense. I think Bijan Robinson will still stay in that buy low category because we are going to still bet on talent. But when it comes to when it comes to panicking, he is by far super high on that panic meter. Yeah, I, the only reason I don't have him higher, like an 8, 9, or 10, is because he... Like, all this that's happening doesn't change the fact that he was a top 10 pick and that he's probably the most talented guy on that offense. Yes, definitely. And, and so, like, again, just banking on potential. I know you probably hate hearing that, but it's just what it is. You have to. They're going to have to. They're, they're going to have to. Someone's going to change, and I think Arthur Smith is someone that 
I don't know if I expect him to get fired, but he's easily someone that could. Yeah. So I think Bijan Robinson will stay by low. But panic meter is definitely through the roof when it comes to Bijan, just based off of the usage, right? Because that's all we can go off of as yeah. of right now. Another one, scale of one to ten, Tony Pollard. How much are you panicking on him? Oh yeah, Pollard. I'm 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 at a seven or eight. It's it's about to, like it's again. He's another guy week after week. We're like it's gonna get right. It's gonna get right. Um, I was more worried about him when, when both him and CD were not playing well or not at least performing well fantasy-wise. I already said, like, CD's going to get his. They're going to have to target him. But Tony is like, the, he just doesn't look good out there. He's not he's not getting any yards when he touches the ball. Uh, against Philly, he actually looked the best I think he's looked. Um, but still, if he's he's just not getting the type of usage that we would like him to see. The, offense, the, the offensive line isn't looking great in terms of run blocking, and he's not getting the passing volume at all. Mm-hmm. And so it's, been, it's to the point now where we've seen way more bad than good, and I'm actually worried. I would probably put it around like the six and a half range, and the only reason I'll put it around the six and a half is because he did have that touchdown that was called back. And it, it looked like it was a touchdown, right? Was that the play that Dak yeah. checked in with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the ref? Yeah. So I think that would have changed his outlook drastically. However, it was the fourth time in his last five games Tony Pollard finished with single-digit PPR points. It's the fourth time he's been outside the top 25. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. The reason he's not, a, the reason he's not like an eight-and-a-half and he's a six-and-a-half is the Cowboys have the 10th easiest remaining schedule for running backs. If you need a running back and knowing where the landscape is, Bijan and Tony Pollard, I will still try and buy them low knowing, or knowing the same formula was applied to Aaron Jones, right? Which we yeah. just talked about. Aaron Jones and Javante Williams, really, over the last couple of weeks have been buy lows for us. We knew that their value was not tied to what their actual upside and ceiling are. We know that their usage right now is probably the RB2 to flex category, even RB3 potentially if you're B. John Robinson. I think they're going to naturally return on that investment, so they're higher. A few other names. Christian Watson, how high are you on the scale of 1 to 10 on the panic meter? How did you do this past week? Uh, he had one catch. Yikes. Got hurt, back, chest, concussion, everything. I'll answer my own fucking question. Eight. Yeah, I think you have to panic. <laughs> Is that eight? But I think it's also at? tied to the way that offense has been. I think that's what I would that's my main concern. Yeah, I think he's no more like I don't I don't feel confident putting Christian Watson in lineups right now. I just don't. However, another Another type of guy that I think positive regression will come towards the back half of the season. Hopefully, yeah. this is a sign of better things to come with Aaron Jones getting the ball. Opens things up for all well, the receivers. We saw last year he had he popped off against the Cowboys. That was his coming out party. He scored like three touchdowns, I think, against Dallas. And then after that, throughout the rest of the season, he just continued that production. Yeah. We thought it was a blimp on the radar. It wasn't. And so the same thing could happen, not just with him, but with Pollard, other guys like that. That's why it's important to look at remaining the, the rest of the schedule, who they have left. Yep. So... Watson, uh, the re- the biggest reason I'm down on him is like is, is exactly what you said. Is that offense just looks terrible, and Jordan Love doesn't look good, and it's horrible. Last year, at least they had Aaron Rodgers, who's going to air it out to him. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. This is more of a Packers offense problem than a Christian Watson problem. I'm still worried. Two last guys on our panic meter: DJ Moore, fourth consecutive game with less than 56 yards. Yeah. What do you make of? I'm not uh, worried DJ at all. I, Justin Fields is coming back, and we know that Fields and DJ Moore have a rapport. Didn't mean to rhyme there, but, you know, I'm a mm, natural nice. spitter. Yeah. No, that was great. Uh, I was born in, born into the rap game. And they, we know that they play well together. DJ Moore was doing well. With, he, he had a crazy few-game stretch with Justin Fields. And then Badgett comes in and obviously underperforms. Of course. Uh, we, I, we didn't even know who the fuck this guy Badgett was, okay? You expecting DJ Moore to go off with him? No, it's not going to happen. 
Justin Fields is coming back. DJ Moore is going to get back up. And I'm not saying he's going to have his fucking 50-point performance that he had in week three or four, whatever the fuck that was. Yep. But he's going to play better with Justin Fields. They're going to manu- manufacture catches for him. And to get Justin Fields hot, too, they're going to want these short passes. They're going to want totally. the screens. And that's all going to go to DJ Moore. Totally. I think you got to put DJ Moore in that buy-low category as well. Quickly, yeah. though, you putting a number on it? How much you panic on DJ? I put, like, probably a three, three or four. I'm not over the five because I agree with you. Without Justin Fields, I can't. Last but not least, our guy Zay Flowers. Currently wide receiver 39 since week six. Back-to-back weeks with less than seven fantasy points. In week um, three weeks ago, he had 11.5 fantasy points. How much are you panicking on Zay Flowers? Again, low. Three. He's going to get his volume. This Ravens... Okay, here's why I'm worried about this Ravens offense. And it's not about Zay. Again, this is kind of like a Christian Watson. But even... Less about the player. The Ravens are winning these games by a lot. They're killing mm. everybody, and they just become a running team. They're just getting into Gus Edwards' two touchdowns. Like, they're they spreading the wealth. And there's going to – it's not going to be like that every single week. The Ravens are going to have to kind of turn up uh, turn it up a notch uh, offensively, especially in the passing game when they start playing some of these better teams. And, like, you know, they're going to play the Bengals in a couple weeks. They're going to be – they're a lot more hot than they were before. Uh, the Browns are going to be better than they were the last time they played them So and when they smoked them. So they're going to be in positions where they're going to have to force-feed their best players, whether it's Mark Andrews or Zay Flowers. Those are the two best players on their roster outside of Lamar Jackson, or on their offense at least, outside of Lamar Jackson. Zay Flowers is going to be a beneficiary of that. And uh, I, I think he's going to be just fine, bro. They're going to give him the volume. I agree with you. However, over the last three weeks, he's averaged 35 receiving yards a game. So I think Yeah, but I, I think as for a PPR guy, like if you're playing standard, then I'd be more worried. As a PPR guy, like he's going to get his catches. I agree with you. I, I, think the, I think you nailed on head. You said around like the two to three range. Yeah, yeah three, four. I think yeah, three, three. I think you probably put at four only because the volume's there, but the touchdowns have not been. Yeah. Um, it's also, he's not as like the yardage hasn't been what you expected. So I put no. that at four, but I agree with you. Game script, he had one catch last week and that it was a blowout. They were just it was running a blowout. the whole time. Also, so I'm not like, panicking. He's, he's probably your flex if you're playing. I'm yeah. like, and so keep that in mind. Like he's a good flex. He's giving you a good floor as a flex, especially when he gets his volume. Totally. This last game was was a it was an outlier. Um. All right. Well, that was that was our panic meter. All right. Uh, yeah. So if you were just watching that whole thing, make sure to go to our YouTube page and watch the full conversation over it. Um, but a ton of people in the comments right now. We have 92 people watching on YouTube, over 70 on TikTok. Nice. Make sure to drop your comments in week for week nine. Uh, we're gonna try and get to as many as we can. I see a ton of them. Uh, Edgar Ramos on TikTok said, should I keep or trade Raheem Mostert? Uh, I, I would try to trade. I would try to trade Raheem. But if you got him, if you got him on your squad and, like, you can't trade him, I mean, I, you just got to keep starting him. Like, I, you're not mad. It's like one of those guys where, yeah, try to see what value you can get from him. Maybe get a younger running back who has a lesser chance of getting hurt down the line. But if you are not able to get rid of him, you're okay because he's been given consistent production. This is like the first season we've seen him kind of stay healthy. I know he popped up on the injury report this week, but these are early week things that always happen with players, and they're going to be off of it in a minute. Yeah, so. to answer that question, like we've been talking about Mostert since I think week three, and he's been on that sell-high list. I just don't think anyone's going to buy Raheem Mostert because people know that A-Chan's coming back. People know that he's 31 years old with an injury history. So I think your best option is just to keep riding Raheem Mostert because even with A-Chan back, he's going to be an RB2. He's going to find his way into the end zone. They paid him money. Uh, Mike McDaniel loves him. So I just, if you could sell Raheem, amazing. I don't know if you're going to be able to. And it's okay if you can't because he's still an RB2. 
I see a great comment, Kyler, on YouTube. Shout out everyone Kyler on Murray? YouTube watching Dude. Kyler Murray. Yeah, he said, boys, I need to know what the hell to do with Bijan. It's four weeks now. I know. I've, um, and I've lost. How do I recover? I have Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor at running back, Puka Nakua, Allen at wide receiver. Allen? Keenan. Keenan Allen. Uh, Dude, like, I'm so sorry to tell you this. You got to hold on to Bijan. I agree. You're not, not going to get the return. Like, you're better off risking that he stays bad than you are getting rid of him and then he actually pops off for the next the rest of the season. Like, uh, especially the fact that they lost this past week, this bodes in his favor. Like, they're going to have to give him more carries, more touches, everything like that for them to win. And so, I, dude, you got to hold on to B. John. I'm so sorry you, what you're going through. It's I think sucks. if... I agree with you. I think you have to hold... If you were to make a move, the unfortunate part would be you have to trade a Jonathan Taylor or a Josh Jacobs. I think Jonathan Taylor would get you biggest return. Yeah, probably. The problem is really Puka because his value is tied to Stafford. Obviously, he didn't do anything, but they're going on... I think they're on a buy now. So, hopefully, the goal is Stafford uh, to come back healthy. But I think you got to hold the line. Um, positive right. regression, as yep. we like to say. Um, we're going to begin wrapping up in a bit. There's a ton of people. If you are part of the 89 people, bless you, on Thanks. YouTube watching, if you are part of the 51 on TikTok, hit that subscribe button wherever you, wherever you are, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on TikTok. Hell we yeah. do this every Tuesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, we do a watch-along and a pregame show where we're talking fantasy, helping you out winning leagues. On Thursday, we're going to have Upper Hand Fantasy. If you're on Instagram, you've probably seen Upper Hand Fantasy. We're going to come in. That's our buy low, sell high episode. So if everyone is asking trade questions, what do I do with this player? What can I get for that player? Thursday is the place you want to be. That happens at 10.30 a.m. So set your reminder. We will be live on Thursday, 10.30 a.m. with Upper Hand Fantasy from Instagram, talking buy low and sell highs. But we'll do a few more questions before we wrap. Shout out to 100 people now watching on YouTube. Um, Zach says, I have Taysom Hill and Johnny Smith, but both are out week 11. That's tough. I'm trying to trade Taysom Hill. I mean, he's a sell high. What'd you say? Comment before that? Where's uh, Zach? Oh, hey, Adam, could you help? Oh, I see. Zach said, hey, Adam, could you help out with a package for Dalton Schultz? I have Michael Pittman Jr., Christian Kirk, Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, and Debo Samuel. For a running back, I have Travis Etienne, Rashad White, Gus Edwards. I need a tight end for week 11, and Dalton is on the bench. Do you, is this a must win? He's, his roster is pretty fucking good. So he's trying to muster up a trade for who? He's trying to get a tight end for week 11. I think, depending on your record... Bro, but he has Dalton. He has Dalton Schultz on the bench. He's on a buy. You know, I well, that wouldn't make sense because they just had their buy, the Texans. So Kincaid? Oh, Kobe Kincaid. No, but is it Kincaid? Brother. I mean No, he said no, Dalton Kincaid's Schultz. Not. No, he started off with Dalton Schultz. Yeah, he said Dalton Schultz. Uh bro. I, oh, he wants to trade for Dalton Schultz, maybe? Oh, no, he wants to mm. He wants to trade Dalton Schultz and, and get a package back for Dalton. Wrap somebody around Dalton to get someone back. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. That's what. I, okay. Now I already lost your team because I can't see it on the screen anymore. Um, but package Dalton and one of your one of your guys for a kind of like second tier. Uh, oh, I see. I see it now. Yeah, Pittman, Kirk, <laughs> Mike, Christian Kirk, Mike Evans. The, okay, you're, you're you're deep at receiver, right? I would package. Dalton Schultz and um, somebody like Mike Evans or Christian Kirk, probably Christian Kirk for like a wide receiver two type, like 
I don't know, bro, maybe like a, uh, or sorry, not a wide receiver, a running back, because you need running backs. So uh, a running back that maybe isn't getting as much love right now, like a Tony Pollard or Aaron Jones, like we mentioned. I'll leave it at that. Hopefully we answered your question. Yeah, good shit. Also, um, in our chat, you could probably see we plugged underdog, underdog fantasy. If anyone likes sports betting, but Mm. is maybe not 21 and up, you can only be 18 to play with underdog or any of these DFS apps. So you can go to thegameday.com slash promotions and sign up. Look, Sports betting is somewhat intimidated, right? Intimidating, where you're like money line, spreads. It's too hard. But what if there was a place you could bet on, is this person having more or less fantasy points than this player? If there was a place where you're like, I could bet on fantasy points, underdog is the place. Make sure to go to thegameday.com slash promotions. Or if you're on our YouTube page, make sure to hit, there is a link there, I believe, for underdog fantasy. Check that out. If you want to bet, it is by far one of the most fun ways to place some bets. Bingo! Um, last but not least, before we begin wrapping up, 103 people watching on, oh on YouTube. God. Look, at we're fucking big time. YouTube. Calvin J said, should I be worried about Avin Kamara? I think this is a good, a good, uh, a good question to answer. Uh, n- not necessarily. It's funny. We were talking about Taysom Hill earlier in this episode, and it's like, it feels like the main Alvin Kamara vulture is fucking Taysom Hill. Always. Always has been. But I'm not necessarily worried about Alvin Kamara, not because of... Uh, like yeah, obviously a, a down performance, and it's it's and it's not because I think he's gonna go off as like a rush or anything like that, but he's always gonna have his volume in the receiving game, and we know that's so valuable for a running back. We talk about red zone carries and we talk about receptions. Like Kamara's getting his receptions, and then he can have his games where he does go for you know close to hundred yards rushing. So I'm holding on to Kamara, uh, or I'm trading him for a. Like, but it has to be. I have to get something good in return. I just traded Kamara. Um, yeah, you probably got and some I, good I, in well, return. Well, the thing is, I, I I needed a quarterback, and I was okay. seven and one in this league. All I right. traded Alvin Kamara, uh, Justin Fields, Rasheed Rice, and Nico Collins because these guys were on trade. my bench because okay. I'd keen out Ceedee Lamb already, and I've a chan on IR. Then okay. I need to clear, clear some spots, and I got back Lamar Jackson because I needed a quarterback. Yeah. Tony Pollard, which I was willing to yeah. sacrifice, um, and uh, Brandon Ayuk. As another wide receiver. So I was okay with it. It's a big Look, trade. To yeah, answer that's the, a blockbuster. It's a blockbuster. It was a big one. It was a four for three. <laughs> to answer the question in terms of Alvin Kamara, I'm not worried about Kamara, but no. I do think his value is tied to his receptions, which is somewhat worrisome. Yeah. But he had 11 fantasy points. I agree with you. Taysom Hill vultured a lot of his stuff. Look, Alvin Kamara has been like the RB1 over the last like four weeks. Yeah. Whatever it is. Exactly. I don't think he's going to be the RB1 for the rest of the season. I do nah, think he's a top 12 running back. Yes. Which is why, like, maybe wait one more week. He's going to go back up from that 11. I guarantee you if he doesn't come back and, and, and I don't know, do something to me, shave my head or some shit, Kamara's going to be bounced back this upcoming week. And then if you want to trade him, trade him then. Trade him then. That's what I was tell you. Um, let's find a few more questions before we begin to wrap up. Again, I see a lot of start-sit questions. We will be doing start-sit on Thursday, so if you have any start-sit questions, make sure to tune into that. That's 5 p.m. on Thursday. And then I also see a lot of, like, trade questions specifically. That happens on Thursday. We're going to have underdog, or excuse me, underdog, upper-hand fantasy nice. on the podcast on Thursday, so we're going to do Yo, that. Yo, how about Maxwell uh, Wooey? Wooey. Uh, use number one waiver on Keaton Mitchell. I would say, I think yeah. you should, but I also think it depends on your record because I think Keaton Mitchell is not someone that you could start next week and get a return from. I think Keaton Mitchell is a guy similar to Leonard Fournette that you're probably hoping in three weeks is the starting running back. So depending on your record, Maxwell, I would say add Keaton Mitchell, but if like you need a win next week, Keaton Mitchell is not someone you could start. I also will say this. I think a lot of people ran to the waiver wire to add Leonard Fournette. 
look out for people dropping him this week because they didn't activate him from the practice squad. And mm-hmm. a lot of times people are going to overreact to that not happening. Leonard Fournette looked fucking great in the pictures that came out of Buffalo. So Leonard Fournette might okay. be available. In the pictures? Well, just in shape. He's always been a fat fuck. Insane. Yeah, he's always been fatter. Yeah, he looked great. He looked great. Doesn't he looked mean, like again. If pictures translated, this dude is RB one overall. Honestly, trade if somebody has Leonard Fournette, trade your whole team for him right now because of that picture that we saw about his his, his big ass leg. Um, let's see. Any more questions? Uh, shout out, Bro Council. I see you guys on YouTube bro watching. Bro Council, shout that's out. our boys. Shout out, uh, friends of the pod. Last but not least, we'll do this one and we'll wrap after this. All right, let's do it. Um, this is from Colton Rice on YouTube. Jerry yes. Rice's cousin. Yep, yeah, but exactly. you didn't know that. Yeah, he said it is Rashad White a sell high. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I hate him. <laughs> RB4 since week six. Oh, wow. I mean, there you go. That's a good stat. Yeah, these are so, these sell high for sure. The one thing, I, and, and I haven't been following him as closely over the past few weeks, but, like, I know that his efficiency numbers aren't there necessarily, but uh, he has been playing well recently, beginning the end zone. I would try to sell high and get a guy that I know for a fact is going to bring me more on a consistent basis week to week. But I think he's another one of those guys where it's like, yeah, like try to sell high based off of what he's done. But what he's done is valuable. So if you can't sell him, then obviously he's going to stay in your lineup, but he's going to keep producing for you. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, like I think there's Rashad White is a guy that I would test the waters on, but he's been really good. Obviously, Alex Caruso, friend of the pod. He's, well, he's always been, been high on, on him since beforehand. Before um, the season. I, I thought of one last thing that I want to do because sure. I shouted our guy, Alex Caruso. Let's so just it. bear with me. Alex. Can you guess the top five running backs in fantasy, PPR, since week seven? Okay. Week seven. Rashad White. Rashad White is RB3. You like that? I, I like that poll. <laughs> if you want to see the full <laughs> conversation, make sure to go to our YouTube page, link in bio, hit that subscribe button. Uh, AK41. AK41. Avin Kamara is RB2, 67.3 fantasy points. So right now, you have the RB2 and the RB3 in fantasy since week seven. I need one, four, and five. Here's the softball. You know who else is on there. He's had his bye. These last two have had their bye, and they're still in the top five since week seven. Uh, Come on. You know one. You know the one. Don't, don't overthink it. I do? Yeah. Who's hot as fuck? Oh, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. RB5. 52.4 fantasy points. Probably would have been higher if he didn't have his bye last week. Yeah, absolutely. RB5 since week seven. All right, I need RB4 and RB1. Come right, on. And then we're going to end it on that? All right. We're going to end it on um, that. Who, you want a hint? Yeah. Who was the fantasy community super high on? Jonathan Ar- Taylor? No. Around the round three mark in fantasy drafts. Super high on. Oh, J.K. Dobbins, of course. Oh, well, that was only you. <laughs> I was. Super high. Around round three? Round three. Come on. Uh, bro, there was a lot of He's guys. a running back. Kenneth Walker. Well, obviously he's a running back because we're doing guess the top five running backs in fantasy. No. Come on. <laughs> Give me a division. Got drafted this year. You know the guy. Oh, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. RB4 since week seven, and he's had a bye this past week. Wow. Now impressive. I need the number one running back in fantasy since week seven in a PPR league, and this dude does not catch passes. Who is it? We talked about him earlier on. Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is the RB1 in fantasy since week seven. Shout out Alex Caruso for that stat. Shout out. Rashad White and Gus Edwards are in elite company. Don't think you're going to try. I would try and trade Gus Edwards. Rashad White, look, usage is there. He's the RB1 on a a team. Volume's there. Volume's king. Gus Edwards, I'm trying to trade. But what a stat. You know what I'm saying? I like that one. That was good. That's a clip for you right there. Good way to end it. All right. Well, hey, that was fun. That was good. Where can they find us um, tomorrow? 
tomorrow? What's tomorrow? Cafeteria episode? Cafeteria episode. Yeah, Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Brand new episode drops at like 4 in the morning. So if you're an early bird, or if you're in California, you could honestly stay up to like 1 a.m. and actually catch our episode. But yeah, you'll hear our episode. It's going to be fun, man. We got some games, uh, some trivia. You know, we know you guys like playing along with our fucking games and shit where we do these kind of what we just did right now. We do yep. a lot of those. And uh, and then we got another fantasy episode coming out Thursday. We're going to have our guy Faraz from Upper Hand Fantasy. Huge on Instagram, obviously. We know you guys love him. We love him. And uh, he drops gems. So you're going to have to, you're going to want to tune in, tune in for that. It's going to be live on Thursday. 10.30 a.m. I think a lot of people also like this this little new format we did. Which I like was, it. The vertical. Good. The vertical the is good. Also, a lot of comments asking, how is Travis Etienne not on that? Travis Etienne, RB9 since week seven, actually. So wow. that's how. Um, but hey. As we sign off on every fantasy episode, Felipe, drop us with some words of wisdom. He who lasts last laughs best. Woo! Doggy! Yeah, yeah, that was different. That was that good. Was different. That was, hey, don't, don't play with me, bro. I didn't hear a single word you said, but I saw, <laughs> I heard he who lasts laugh. All right. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow for our cafeteria episode, and hopefully we see you Thursday for our fantasy buy low, sell high episode. 1030 a.m. See you then. Bye. Bye. Caps Off Podcast is brought to you by The Game Day, starring Adam Tabachnik, Felipe Fontes, Jack Perotti, and Matan Mann. Check out our socials at Caps Off Pod on Instagram and Caps Off Podcast on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube at the link in the description if you want to see more content and watch our videos. Don't forget to go to thegameday.com for all the best sportsbook offers.